0: Welcome to the Live Big podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And Abram said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Okay, God, I, 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 I can believe the baby thing. And by the way, when he believed the baby thing, in effect, he was believing on the Messiah before he was born because Israel's whole function and purpose uh, before Christ was to give birth uh, to the Messiah that was prophesied uh, early in the book of Genesis where his, uh, the woman's seed would, would bruise the uh, uh, head of the, the 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 adversary so so we we see here that that okay i believe the the, the baby thing but i'm struggling with the land thing i need mean, the, the the land thing is giving me a, a problem and you know faith in one area of your life doesn't necessarily transfer to other areas because i find people that have faith for healing but they can't believe god to get a job you know, I, I find people that, that, that might have, you know, uh, uh, faith for God to handle their bills, but, but they can't trust God in any relationship. And, and what I find is, you know, one area of faith doesn't always transfer for, for automatically to, to the next. And sometimes it's, Lord, I believe, but, but help my unbelief. And, and this is where Abram, Abram was. So... God said to him, notice God didn't get angry. He wasn't mad. Didn't say "Well, God grew wroth, none of that. God was giving Abraham space to grow. And there are two things we must give our children. First, roots, but second, wings. We have to give them freedom yeah, 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 yeah. to grow and become who they need to become. So watch this. And, and Abraham, this, what God's about to say was, was, was part of what they did at this time in history. So Abraham knew exactly what God was saying and, 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 and knew exactly what to do. He said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now this sounds really strange to us. But today it would be like God said, call in the notary public. I'm about to sign this contract in blood. Then he brought all these to him, so Abram had a part, and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two, though they were dead. Now there are 10 basic components to an ancient covenant. And already we see four of them. Number one, we see the covenant promise. I will give you this land. So wherever there's a covenant, there is a promise. There is a pledge. Uh, there is a commitment. Number two, wherever there is a covenant, there is a blood sacrifice. He said, cut in half uh, the three-year-old cow, the goat, and the ram. The third thing we see here is wherever there is a covenant, there is what is called the bloody path. After cutting these large animals, the, the, the ground was soaked with blood. Now, this three-year-old uh, heifer or cow uh, weighed about 1,200 pounds. This is not a little bit of blood. He cut the animal in half. This is a very large animal. We have goats and we we have other animals there as well and and, and rams, so so the ground is full of of blood. And in the fourth, uh, the fourth thing you see in in an ancient um, covenant was the blessings and the curses. The dead animal in these covenants represented basically, may what happened to that animal happen to me. If I don't keep my side of the covenant, there was no stronger way in which God could speak to Abraham and god knows how to speak our language whatever our language may be and god wanted to get across to abraham the, the 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 immutability of his promise that god committed this this was not a religious experience this was god of the universe pledging the guy that created the planet you hear what i'm saying the moon the stars pledging to abraham that i'm going to give you this land so god spoke in a way that abram under stood And in verse 11, watch this. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, meaning God didn't show up right away. So buzzards showed up and they tried to eat away and steal the terms of the covenant. But what do you do when God doesn't show up when you think he should. When impatience and frustration and rising doubts try to eat up your assurance and and steal the promise, that's yours. But Abram drove them away. The only reason I stand before you today is because I've learned to swat my vultures for as long as I have to. But in the swatting, it looks a lot like praise. God, I love, get that, I will trust him. I will not let it go. I will honor God. I will do my part. As long as I need to wait, God, I will wait on my God. I will trust him. And waiting looks a whole lot like praise. Praise. Trusting God includes trusting his timing. You and I may be late, but God is never late. Never late. Verse 17. And it came to pass again, all this happened because Abraham prayed. There are things God wants to do in your life, but you're going to have to pray. Get past the formulas. Get past of the easy conversation. A lot of folks think prayer is trying to make God care about what you don't care about. But real prayer is you caring about it so that God cares about it. And as long as you're not passionate about it, why should God be passionate about it? As long as you're not really invested in it and you don't want to get, get you know, mostly involved, why should he get a mostly invested in it? You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we harden our hearts and stiffen ourselves and God's like, that's unnatural. That's not the way I, I made you. We, we were created to, 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 to cry to laugh we were created to 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 deal with the whole spectrum but but some of us only joy only happy and anything different we think god has made a mistake but my bible says in your anger sin not didn't say don't get angry pay attention it just says when you get angry pay attention because you are about to go somewhere It says while you're angry behave yourself deal with it rightly jesus got angry remember he flipped over tables made a whip and drove some folks out of the temple he didn't do that with a smile on his face that would be really weird if he did god wants to experience all of us we sung the song about how he loved us and chose us and accepted us you know uh, already it's already he's uh, already so why are you hiding what gets you mad see I I, I I would at times i was i think i was born with a temper okay i had a temper i had a serious temper and, and with me i'll take some stuff but just don't push me too far But then I got saved. And every time temper I pretend it wasn't so. I try to call it something else. But God loved me. Not the me I wanted to be, but me. So I learned to bring to him even my temper. I learned to bring to him my doubts, I learned to bring to him my fears, and he'll take it and straighten it out and, and fix it and heal it, but I had to bring it to him, not pretend it wasn't so. I keep messing with this marriage thing, but you married folk, you take your anger to your spouse, that's your problem. Expecting them to fix it, expecting them. You taking all your sadness to your spouse, expecting them to fix it, expecting them to take it to God. Yeah. yeah. Periodically, God will use somebody. Yeah. But God won't use anybody till to you to, 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 to you remember that 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 He says have no idols before Him. Mm-hmm. That He 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 alone is God. Yes, is. And as much as I love my wife, I can't go to her. For everything, she would become my God. If I'm not happy, I can't say she don't make me happy. I look to God and say, "What's wrong with me?" Yeah, there are issues in relationship you need to talk through and and walk through and all the rest. But when you, listen, the culture's done this. Oh, the culture has done this. Everything in our life is somebody else's fault. We bring that into our families, our marriages, and the rest. Oh, it's because I grew up this way. It's always somebody else's fault. But, you know, if it's someone else's fault, all you talk to God about is other people. I'm going to get back to the message. I don't know why I'm doing this. I really don't. But God wants to talk to you about, Tim, about you. Okay, let's, let's go back. All right. And it came to pass, all this happened because of Abraham's get real, heartfelt prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold, there appeared a smoking oven. Smoke in the Bible, and we'll see this hopefully in Revelations chapter uh, 15, verse 8 there, uh, often represented the glory of God. So we see the glory of God. But then it also says, in a burning torch. Fire often in the old covenant represented the presence of God. Remember the burning bush and God said, I am that I am. Don't you know, come any closer. You know, take your, sh- your sandals off. Um, that, that was the presence of God in, in the tree. He was a fire by night and a, and a cloud by day. Behold, there appeared again a smoking oven. The, the oven was kind of a, about a three foot, in dimension uh clay pot that was often s- put in the, the the ground and it had heat and it was carried from place to place and it would smoke there should be an image that's gonna uh, come up it it probably looked a lot like like that so it wasn't that the the furnace itself was visible as much as the, the smoke and 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 the glory of uh, of, of God. And Abraham was f- familiar with, with these types of uh, of sights. He was a, a, a nomad or a Bedouin, if you will, and and a burning torch. So uh, between the the the, the flames, I'm sorry, the, in the Walk of Blood, you see this torch, and you see this this smoke. It's nighttime, and maybe the. Uh, a torch lit the furnace that was in the ground and Abram was able to see it with, with his eyes. But, but what we see is, 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 is the light of the world would become a blood sacrifice. And the father would step into the furnace of affliction and face the pain of punishing his own son. What I want you to notice here is that Abraham himself did not walk through the blood or the path of blood to make a covenant. There was typically two parties every now and then there might be more, but there was typically only two parties and he kills the animals. There's a walk of blood between the animals, huge animals. The oath is said, the promises are made, uh, the sacrifices as blessings and curses. He understands everything that's, that's, that's going on and he's watching this and he sees two walk through the bloody path why didn't Abraham walk through the bloody path well the problem is if the covenant was between God and Abraham God even making that covenant would almost be a curse because Abram would certainly break his side. If God made a covenant with you or I, it couldn't last but so long because invariably we would break at some point our responsibility. This is why the Bible talks about, you know, uh, you know, cursed is the man who, you know, basically tries to live based on the law because the Mosaic law had the children of Israel in covenant with God and they broke the covenant over and over again and God had to deal with them and the curses of breaking the covenant had to come on the people. This is part of the reason why we have a better covenant. And our covenant is not traced back to Moses, but to Abraham. You're learning some things right now. This is why in our New Testament we have over 80 in him or in Christ statements. Because as long as Noah's children got on board and stayed on board, they were safe from the flood. It was Noah's obedience that built the ark. But the benefits accrued to all who believed and got on the boat till God closed the door. You need to come while you have time. Now the ark represents our salvation. And by faith, we can choose to get into the ark of safety, or we can stay on the outside and perish with those who don't believe the vision God gave Noah. Noah in this respect is a type of Christ. So it wasn't because Ham, Shem and Japheth had it all together. In fact, they got a whole lot of trouble on the other side of the flood. It was because They got into the obedience or benefited from the obedience of Noah. I do not stand before God based on my own righteousness. I don't pray in the name of Derek, Grace Church, America, or anything else. I pray in the name of one name above every name that can be named. Why? Because in him is the ark of safety. He obeyed God. He was the perfect sacrifice. He did everything right. And if I'm in him, if I just stay on board, if I just stay lined up, you hear what I'm saying, with him, everything in my life stays safe. I don't want a covenant with God. Listen, I'll loosely say that because I do through Jesus Christ. But my faith is in a perfect sacrifice, a perfect mediator. I'm in him, actually it's Jesus's, the torches covenant with the furnace. They together are in covenant and he's living in heaven, he can't even be tempted with sin anymore. Not only did he not sin, he can't be tempted, the Bible says, with sin anymore. It's an eternal covenant between God the Father and God the Son. And every Sunday I'm appealing to you not to get religious, but to get into the covenant, to get on the boat, to get on board so you can benefit from everything Christ has done and be spared the flood of dissipation and craziness and the waves that are going in the world. Now listen, the boat rocked. The boat shook. I'm sure the boat at times smelled, but the boat floated. And if you want to stay afloat in these times, you need to enter into a covenant with God, but not based on your good works not based on how wonderful and how perfect you are but how great he is and how how great his work has been and when your faith gets right and it gets off yourself and gets on him now we're taught to believe in ourselves and there's a place for it but here's the deal i only believe in myself to the extent i'm trusting in him Many of us, we are trusting, well, I do this and I don't do that. You are under the law, you are under a curse. Because even if you didn't do it with your hand, you did it with your heart. Pay attention to what I'm saying. And if your covenant is between you and your God, there's a lot of pressure on you all day long. You better get it right. And if you don't get it right, you're in trouble. There's no rest, there's no peace. The reason I can rest and have peace, because the covenant is between God the Father and Jesus the son and if I would just trust in him what he has already done I can continue to navigate this crazy world all of his floods all of his dissipation if I just trust it's going to take me a few weeks to unpack the covenant and even really get into communion but I have one verse I want to show you before we wrap up well, let's let's look at 18. Well matter of fact let me go up I skipped a lot. Behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. So what passed or uh, yeah what passed or who passed between the pieces? Not Abram. It was a smoking oven and a burning burning torch. So it was God that walked the bloody path. And then verse 18, watch what he calls it. The same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. This is why the Abrahamic covenant remains to this day. Because it wasn't between Abram and God. It was between the torch and the furnace. It's going to take a few weeks, but let's go to Luke 22 and verse 20. Listen to what Jesus called communion. And again, this series... We're beginning to talk about communion. We're going to discover some things about communion. After that, he took the cup after suffer saying, "Watch this. This is talking about communion, the new covenant, 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 covenant." covenant. If you don't understand covenant, you'll never understand communion. He took the cup. He's going to break the, broke the bread already. This is the new covenant in my blood. It's my blood, not a bull, not a goat. My blood, which is shed for you. The first step in really understanding what we do every third Sunday with the the bread and the grape juice, if you're Catholic, real wine is understanding covenant. So I'm gonna take it line upon line for the next couple of weeks. We're gonna cover all ten components, and then we're gonna dig into the realities of what the communion of the saints. What fellowship and the breaking of bread is really all about. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.